Welcome to Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Thing. I am your host, A.B. Ridgeway. If you're looking for faith-based financial advice that you can actually understand, you have come to the right place. On this show, we demystify all the financial jargon that you may hear from your financial advisor. We leverage proven financial strategies, but use faith-based principles for guidance. And during this process, we pray for discernment so you can understand the things that work for you. This program is for the beginner, those who want to learn about finances, but doesn't have the time or willingness to go get a master's of business administration in finance or sit through an eight hour online course to figure out what a bond is. So if you are like the other millions of investors that wish they knew what their advisor was talking about, be prepared to be prepared. So sit back and relax. Not if you're driving as we get the show started. A B. Yeah. Cue the music. Let's make this happen. I wanna go where the moon shines bright. I wanna dance under the stars tonight. Welcome back, everybody, to Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Once again, I am your host, A.B. Ridgeway, and today we have something very special for you. We can all agree that being a teacher is a selfless job. These are the people who have birthed our greatest minds in history. Many of our modern day geniuses can attribute their success to the influence of a teacher. But let me ask you, who is taking care of our teachers and making sure they are financially successful? Who is making sure that the sacrifices that they've made to get into the profession in the pursuit of changing lives instead of changing incomes was worth it? But before I reveal my surprise, as always, let's start off with the scripture. It comes from Titus chapter 2, verse 7 through 8. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teachings show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. See, that leads us to our special guest. If you are a teacher or administrator, you need to lean a little closer to your radio or turn up the volume in your earbuds because this is going to be one show you won't want to miss. Our guest today exemplifies this scripture. Not only is he married to a teacher, he takes on the role of a teacher in his practice. Truly a man of dignity and respect. A man who speaks the truth so that nothing evil can be said about his intent and his speech. Our guest today is the founder and owner of Wellspire FP, a commission-free advisory firm that serves teachers and administrators. They believe that client success should not be measured on the assets that Wellspire FP manages or the number of clients that they service, but rather how many times they've made the financial challenges for teachers that seemed impossible. Possible. He started Wellspire FP because he saw a gap between traditional clients and the transfer of wealth. When he isn't saving the financial lives of teachers, he spends his time at home with his wife Tiffany and his two kids. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor and a pleasure to have Mr. Bo Bryant on our podcast today. Hello, Bo. How are you doing? Alajwan, I am fantastic as always. It's always such a pleasure to to have the opportunity to collaborate you with on any project. And and this is just another one that it's it's a pleasure to be with you on. Well, thank you so much. You know, I just really appreciate you taking out your time of your busy schedule to talk to us. And obviously, you know, I respect you from head to toe. Uh, you're just a great all around guy. And, and I think that the listeners today are going to have a true blessing having you on. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it seems, you know, in the short amount of time that you and I have known each other, it feels like we've known each other for for years and years. So uh, <laughs> right. I could say the exact same thing about you from, from top to toe, man. Well, I, sure. I appreciate it. I think, you know, we just have a lot in common and, and I hope I didn't steal your thunder. Right. But <laughs> I was, I was just amazed about the wealth of knowledge that you had around this subject. And I just think a lot of people are going to benefit um, from hearing it, you know, from somebody who, who's been there. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, yeah. Now, now if, you, if you don't mind, could you tell the listeners a little more about yourself and a little bit more about your business? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you certainly uh, made me sound fantastic in, in your intro there. I appreciate everything that you 
that you said there. But yeah, as far as my, thank you. Uh, (laughs) As far as myself, you know, um, I'm coming with, you know, just a little over uh, 10 years of experience in the financial services industry. And and over time, I began to realize that there was a, a, a gap in the ability for, you know, maybe younger professionals to, to gain access to financial advice because they don't necessarily have the assets that, that need managed today. You know, they're, they're paying down debt. They're, they're putting their kids through school. I mean, there's so much demand for their resources, but, but still, how do you, how do you build that roadmap to get them there? And so I, I took that over the last, especially the last six months and really thought about, you know, myself as a professional, where I wanted to be, the type of people that I wanted to work with and, and, and to help get there. And, and so lo and behold, you know, beginning November 2nd, 2020, I established Wealthspire Financial Professionals. And, you know, like you, like you mentioned, I do have that, that specialization in working towards uh, teachers, or that focus in working towards teachers. You know, I, my wife is, is a kindergarten teacher at a local school district. And so I kind of have that firsthand experience as to what goes on, not only in our personal financial plan, my wife and I's, but also our friends, you know, right. that, that are talking about, you know, this or that and everything else. I saw the need for it. And so to be able to, to take an opportunity to not only help teachers financially, but also find other ways to get involved with the school is, is kind of been my goal over these last couple months and, and for the foreseeable future. Wow. You know, that's amazing. And, and I want to take this opportunity to tell the listeners why I invited you on this show. Now, obviously, from, you know, just the brief introduction that they know why I invite you on the show, because, you know, yeah. who doesn't <laughs> want, <laughs> you know, who doesn't want somebody of your caliber on their show? But I mean, look, I want to think about this, right? How many of our listeners has a favorite teacher that had a huge impact in their lives, right? I know mine was Mrs. Shields and my sixth grade teacher and my my eighth grade teacher, Miss Anderson, right? They had a huge impact and, and what they did then has undoubtedly prepared me for who I am today, right? So with that said, as advisors, if we want to make the biggest impact on the financial lives of teachers as a sign of our appreciation, I think there's a few things that they need to know, right? You know, not just the general, what a financial planner does, but what does a financial planner do for teachers? And that's why I want to bring you on to the show, because I want to get some of your insight, right? Such as, you know, why is a 403B possibly not the best option in saving for retirement or just Roth IRAs in general? You know, what is that? And can it be especially beneficial for teachers? And maybe if we have some time, discuss employee benefits, because many of our teachers, they have them, but they couldn't tell you what they have or, you know, what they should do with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to go over those type of subjects because I think they're very unique in their approaches. And I think there's tools that teachers um, could take advantage of. Is that OK with you? Yeah, I think you touched on a number of uh, very relevant topics when I'm, I'm sitting down and discussing with, uh, you know, meeting with teachers. So absolutely. OK, so if you know, with your permission, I would like to dive right in. And uh, we'll we'll start at the top. You know, this show is for the beginner, right? So they want mm-hmm. to know what is a four hundred three b, right? You know, they they hear four hundred one k all the time. They hear mm-hmm. retirement, but maybe they haven't heard what a four hundred three b is. So can we start kind of like at the ground and we'll work our way up? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, teachers being part of that public sector. Um, governmental work, that kind of stuff, they they do have access to these 403B plans. And, and like you said, you, you hear the word 401k thrown around, and this, this one seems very similar, but it's different, right? And so think of your 403B as, as kind of the 401k's brother or sister, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. It, it operates kind of the same fashion. It has the same contribution limits per year. The biggest difference is, you know, like I said, the fact that you have to be a part of that public sector to be to be in a 403B. Um, the other factor with a 403B that's worth considering, and, and especially for teachers, is the fact that, you know, the 403B works fine and well, but there can be considerably higher fees within these types of retirement plans in, in comparison to even a 401k offering. And, you know, just because you have the ability to contribute into a 403B, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the most a cost effective and b you know it's not necessarily the right it may not be the right decision for your overall financial picture um so 
you know, typically with a 403B, or I guess not even typically, always with a 403B, uh, it's it's a tax-deferred account, very similar to your traditional 401k types. So your money goes in, you know, pre-tax every year, and then the money is is then taxed as you retire and begin taking a withdrawal from your account. So functionally, it's very similar to your 401k. It is a uh, you know, a retirement plan supported by your school system. Um, but the, it's just not necessarily always the best option for for the teacher. All right. And, and, you know, I think you kind of hit a, a soft spot for a lot of our listeners is fees, right? I mean, whenever they hear a fee, I mean, their ears probably perk up and like, okay, am I, yeah. am I paying fees in this 403B, right? So, and then a lot of us, we want to retire. So they said, hey, you should contribute to your 403Bs or your 401Ks or your retirement. So, can you kind of give us some other things to consider before we talk about contributing to that 403B or, you know, like some of the pitfalls you talked about, potentially the higher fees? Um, mm-hmm. What about the investment options? Many employer sponsored re- retirement plans, you typically have an investment selection that you can go through and choose and say, you know, I want to put 10% in this fund and 5% in this fund. 403B can be set up in a very similar fashion. Um, there are some, and, and I've came across quite a few uh, in my in my number of years in working with 403B plans. Fund lineups are A, very restrictive. Um, B, they can be kind of the retirement life annuity within the, within the 403B itself, which is gonna typically carry your highest fees. Um, there is some insurance within that program and the fact that, you know, you're guaranteed to pay uh, paycheck, you know, once you do retire um, until, you know, until the end of time, essentially. But, you know, just just taking those into consideration versus what your long term financial goals are, uh, you know, what if you're not as reliant on the income or or everything like that? It's just taking that plan and its and its abilities and, and kind of spreading that all over your over the other aspects of your financial plan just to make sure that it makes sense. Right, right, right. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, basically. So they mm-hmm. really need to take a deeper dive because we never know what's actually in those portfolios that we actually have, right? Whether it's the, the limited investment options or, or worth, you know, whether it's the fees. And and as I said before, I think a lot of listeners want to know about fees. So can you kind of break down, and it's okay to get into the weeds at this point, but can you break down, you know, what a typical fees would look like in a 403B? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the example that I use with my clients, and these are all theoretical numbers, but let's say, you know, you're putting in $5,000 a year into your 403B um, and and you just started. So for the next 30 years, you're going to put $5,000 per year. And it's not considering any employer or employer. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not considering any employer contributions into the plan. It's just simply your five thousand employee employer um, that, that I stumble to. It's okay. <laughs> trip over it here this morning, of but uh, and and so okay. So over thirty years, we put in five thousand. We have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of our money uh, within the plan. Now, let's say each year that four hundred three b has total fees of one point seven seven percent. So regardless of not only the money that we put in, but as the as the investment underlying investment portfolio performs, you know we we would like to see that growth included in that. Well, the fees are going to come out of that total amount. And let's say I, I don't know twelve percent, which is you know not not to be you know an expected average return you know to, with any typical uh, portfolio, <laughs> but just for the basis of illustrating this calculation here. So sure. Five thousand for thirty years, paying one point seven seven percent, and your return, your investment return is twelve percent. So after thirty years, you'd have you know approximately nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is a solid chunk of change. Let's look at it differently, though. Take that same five thousand dollars. Let's not put it in the four hundred three b, but instead let's put it into uh, a traditional or Roth IRA, depending on what makes sense for your plan. Right. And these, and then by doing so, we can we can take a proactive approach towards controlling fees. So we were able to take our fees from one point seven seven percent down to zero point six six, and <laughs> again getting that twelve percent return. After thirty years, we now have one point one eight million dollars approximately. So the difference between those two numbers two hundred thirty five thousand dollars, which is I mean, at retirement, any additional amount of money is is beneficial, but especially when you start talking six-figure numbers. So what you're doing is you're paying into your 403B, paying those higher fees, just simply to guarantee that you'll at least get back the $150,000 that you put into the plan. 
And so is that important to some people? Yes. Is it the most cost effective depending on your needs, but I think there's a, a great opportunity to 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 hold on to more of your investment return without having that diminished by those much higher fees in a 403b time. And, and also, I, I have a question to it. Now, this is we're talking about IRAs, right? Traditional IRAs and yeah. everything else like that, right? Yeah. So, and, and let me put this out here first. Obviously, these are hypothetical numbers and, and do not reflect any portfolio or investment that Wellspy RFP or AB Ridgeway Wealth Management manage or solicitation to purchase such assets. I mean, compliance, right? You, you got to love them. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, but seriously, Bo, th this is great stuff. So you talk about the 403Bs, things we should consider when looking at our investments, and we get all that, right? But what about the teacher who's out there thinking, I heard what he said, and it looks like I'm going to need his help, right? I don't think there's a doubt that you're qualified to help. But the key is, how do you serve your teacher clientele? Basically, I think teachers out there want to know, how do you serve this niche? And what's in it for the teachers? Well, I mean, as far as from the from a financial planning perspective, you know, I, I, I think it's important to take a look early in your career. I mean, especially starting out as a teacher, you just you start out with such a, a low wage compared to, you know, national average, let alone, you know, the potential student loans that you had to take out to repay back. And so that's that's been my experience so far is is kind of taking a look at cash flow budget. And, and that's that seemed to work well with the younger teachers because they are, they're struggling. Um, and, and let alone kids. And, and, you know, the spouse may have, you know, a, a pretty solid job too, but it's it's coordinating everything. And, and retirement is, is usually one of the, it's usually further down the list when I'm working with teachers. They, they know that they're going to get there and, and they know that, the retirement system, you know, at least Ohio State teachers retirement system is a pretty solid uh, retirement plan to have. But it seems my conversations aren't as fixated on the retirement aspect. It's more of how do we get to where we're comfortable. And, and that's been that's been well for for sitting down with teachers and just explaining, you know, look, I get it. We're my family's been there. You know, we got two kids we, my wife's, you know, we were married as soon as my wife started her first year's teaching. I was just a banker, you know, so right. we've been through a lot of those experiences. But I've also tried to find ways to get into the classroom and help support teachers uh, in a different way. And, and the one initiative that I've had that's been relatively successful in my biased opinion is I offer uh, financial literacy workshops for the K through 12 students. And oh, so what yeah like what does that mean so my wife teaches kindergarten obviously she was my guinea pig when i started this whole thing so i i stopped in you know one afternoon and and only you know kindergartners they don't uh they don't have the longest attention span when you're talking about boring <laughs> money and stuff so quick half hour little thing just kind of showing them you know here's the history of money here's what we here's why we save it here's what it does for us and and that's since grown to where i've been able to get you know in touch with higher grade levels and especially that 10 11 12th grade just explaining right. like when you when you graduate here's some things you're going to need to know this is what tax you know this is what taxes are this is what a 401k is these are what employer benefits are and just stuff that we were never really taught at least myself was never really taught um growing up i've came across people my own age that just simply don't even know how to write a check and granted we don't write checks a whole lot nowadays in today's digital environment but isn't that an opportunity to to make a difference especially earlier in life that they can, they can then carry that with them through adulthood and that's kind of been my focus especially for 2021 is just broadening my reach with that whether it's a virtual type thing just uh you know because it's tough to also get in to these schools, you know, with the current environment, with the with the pandemic and everything. So how do I make that more accessible? And so more to come in 2021. But that's been the most exciting way that I've been able to give back with my company and my own time. Well, I think that's that's very honorable of you. Right. And I, I, I think the the concept of even speaking to people who are in kindergarten, you know, how many people remembered who came to visit them in kindergarten? Maybe not a lot, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. the impact that you're having on the children is very important because, you know, I kind of feel that like any type of influence, whoever spends the most time is going to win, right? Mm -hmm. So whoever yeah. they're around, whoever they're engaged with. So being around money and the concept, you know, they're, they're going to be introduced to these concepts young. So by the time they are in 10th and 11th, 12th grade, it's second nature to them, right? right. I tell my kids right. all the time, study till you're bored. 
What that means is, you know, when you learn a concept is new and novel, but then once it gets boring, that means you really know it. You know, I, I make the joke that, you know, they can jump around, spin around and I can play loud music. But if I ask them what two plus two is, they're going to they're going to answer four. They don't have to think yeah. about it. And the same thing yeah. with our finances. When we get around our finances, uh, I think there's a term, right, uh, that in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. So, you know, it's I just like it's really about, <laughs> you know, at first you don't understand it. Right. But then once right. you start getting a glimpse of what's going on then you have people like you to guide you through and you're like, wait, maybe this is not as intimidating as it is. You know, I thought mm-hmm. it was, you know, maybe I can really mm-hmm. talk to Bo and really get a grasp on my finances. This is not this scary thing. I get to put my head in the sand and forget about it. That's awesome. So, you know, I really like the idea that you're helping teachers, uh, that you're also helping their students as well. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. So can you tell me a little more about these workshops and, uh, maybe example of how these, these workshops work, right? So you talked about the kids, you talked about the money aspect, you talked about the, uh, the high schoolers and how you're into 11th and 12, but you know, can you tell me kind of like the structure? So are you trying to just educate the client, you know, the students, are you really trying to incorporate the teachers into the, these ideas? You know, how does that kind of mm-hmm. work? So I'm a very interactive person by nature. So if it, I know if I came in, if I was in the classroom and some financial guy just stood up at the front of the classroom and said, this is what money and this is what it does. Like, I'm not going to be interested in that and I'm not going to gain anything out of that. So, uh, you know, again, using my wife's uh, creative educational uh, expertise, you know, I've came up with ways to, to be more interactive, especially in those younger grades, you know, in, in terms of play, I never realized what a $5 bag of play money, how much joy that would bring. <laughs> A, a uh, cl- I mean, they just thought they were hot stuff they were walking around and we played a little, um, you, you, you choose a, go- a job out of the hat and it gives you a salary, you know, you get a dollar uh, a round or $5 a round, depending on what you do. But then you also have to go buy groceries from the grocer and you got to go to the doctor guy. And so it, it kind of just teaches that whole commerce, that, that cycle of, and, and all the dollars are numbered. And so at the end of the, everybody holds up their dollar and, and it's funny to see the kids realize that, oh my gosh, you know, this money just, and that's just one workshop, but I thought that was probably the most fun that we had with everybody because like I said the I think it was second grade so they're eight nine ten years old and they're just going around and <laughs> making business I'm not paying you two I'm not paying you two dollars for that apple you know I'm paying I'll pay you a dollar in this quarter you know so it was kind of funny to right. to see that but that's I mean when you get older in life that's life that's right life. you have to be able to talk about money and negotiate and understand what's a good deal and what's not a good deal and so you know again I, I don't know what the long-term impact of this is going to be but i if i was a betting man i'd say it'd have to be positive over right, right. a long period of time well so. I, I, I think so too that's that's very funny that you know you know i think that would be even good for adults right and sure I, and it's fun. <laughs> I mean i mean yeah. as, as financial planners right that's what we do right we say okay well how much mm-hmm. money do you have what's earmarked for what and how much do you have mm-hmm. and are in and, and it's funny how a child that young can self-regulate himself Hey, listen, I'm yeah. not paying you that much. I don't have nope. much money left, right? But he knows yep. how much money he has, right? Mm-hmm. He knows he has $5. He knows that's all he has. So he's not going to, you know, he doesn't know about credit. He doesn't know about, exactly. you know, using a credit card to get that Apple and just paying the money and then paying compound interest, right? He knows exactly. that this is all I have. And, and unless that price comes down, it's a no deal. But I'm I think that's very it. important. I'm not buying it, right? And I think that's, <laughs> yep. that's the great idea here. So, so you were talking about workshops. You talked about the difficulty of the big C word, right? That pops into people's mind, the COVID-19, yeah. right? Which is, is one major impact that has hit the teaching industry, right? And, sure. and how we actually interact with our children. You know, some people are working remotely. You know, some are going mm-hmm. to school, you know, occasionally, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever the schedule may be. Um, so what are you doing to kind of support your niche um, in this time of crisis, right? Because you're, you're a champion of teachers, Right. I don't think anybody can deny that for for what, what, you know, for what you're doing. Right. So, you know, what are you doing to help your teacher? Because, you know, you know, a lot of times people like, you know, are you selling to us or are you really fighting for Mm -hmm. us? Right. Do you see us as a money grab or do you see us as, you know, an ally? And obviously, like I said, you know, your wife, right, is is in the teaching industry. So what what are you doing for, for teachers in that in that that vein? Yeah. So, you know, when I first got up and started, I took a a step back and looked at kind of the way I was approaching teachers and trying to not only help them financially from a financial perspective, but support them 
you know, just as professionals. And when you, I, I talked to my wife as I was going through the process for me in this company and she said, well, we already have this guy that comes in every, you know, so often. And, you know, come to find out it was the 403B representative. And, oh. and um, so she she sat down with them because my wife, you know, again, before I knew what I knew now, we did actually sign up with the 403B. And, and disclaimer, that has since stopped. But right. um, <laughs> gone the traditional it, route, right? Yeah, it's like, okay, I don't want to be known as the 403B guy. I want to build a little bit more credibility with these teachers. I want to see them at least more than once per year. You know, that way they know that I have vested interests in in working with them. And so, you know, like I said, getting involved with the with the schools to support these financial literacy um, workshops have been fantastic. I've not received any pushback on any teacher from any teacher that I've offered these services to. So that's one way. But then, you know, in our area in Northwest Ohio, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has uh, it's been a it's been it's been a troublesome situation, especially in the in the teaching industry. I mean, um, when you have two or three teachers sometimes, you know, that are just out, you know, at any given point due to quarantine or something like that, it puts a strain on the on the teaching system as a whole. And so especially in our local area, there have been a shortage of substitute teachers. Mm. Um, so students have been forced to, you know, at 730 in the morning, mom and dad find out that due to lack of availability of substitute teachers, kids got to work from home or, you know, do school from home today. And so I can't stop that. But what I can do is apply for my substitute teacher's license and, and at least get my name on a list of somebody that they could call if they needed, you know, somebody to come fill in a classroom for a day or two or however long. And I think that's a way that shows that I not only am here to help work with them, I'm not trying to sell them, I'm here to work with them, but I'm also in the trenches with them too. Like not necessarily to the group, the degree that they are because I'm not building the lesson plans or grading the papers or anything like that, but I'm I'm there and I'm doing what I feel I can do to help support uh, outside of the normal business function as a financial planner. So we'll see how that goes, but that's certainly uh, the next big step that I plan to take wow, is with there, my is, teachers. Is there anything that you don't do, Bo? <laughs> so so, so th- <laughs> thank God for advisors like you. I mean, that is a wonderful gesture. So, so not only do you serve teachers, but you're also serving with teachers. And, and I'm sure your clients and potential clients can appreciate the fact that you're taking time to help them where they need it, which is in the classroom, right? It's like you're actually going there and feeling what they're feeling, right? You yeah. get to put yourself in their, their shoes, literally. You're not a guy sitting behind the desk and saying, I understand teachers because I talk to teachers all the time, but you're actually no. putting yourself in their shoes, helping them out where it really matters most. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on and not only you but just how you engage with your 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 niche right because you're going to be able to relate on uh empathetic level as opposed to just a sympathetic level right like oh you know i care for you that kind of thing but you know i feel for you (laughs) you know know, i've I've been there (laughs) i've been there right so so bo we we spoke about 403bs we talked about the fees but are there any alternative investment vehicles that we can leverage for teachers to increase their chances of reaching their financial goals so we talked about the traditional IRA and the contributions mm-hmm. and how it can lead to almost nearly a quarter million dollars of additional assets by just reducing the fees, not the returns, right? The the returns right. were even, it was 12%. So they, you know, it wasn't about what you picked, but it was about the underlying fees of those investments that you did pick. So can you kind of, you know, give us some more, you know, alternative vehicles that we can use? Yeah. So, um, I'll just use myself and my family as a as an example. So, you know, as I said, we're no longer contributing to my wife's 403B plan. And and the reason in doing so was, again, fees. But where do we put that money? Then we still need to save for retirement. You know, the teachers typically do not qualify for Social Security benefits. And while I will, we still want to make sure that we're taking a, a comprehensive view on our own individual financial plan. And so in doing so, you know, like I said, when, when we both first started working, we were both uh, broke. That's the easiest way to say it with, <laughs> with kids and, and new careers. And so where do you, what's the most effective way to, where's the most effective place to, to put these savings, you know, for, for retirement? And we, we looked at a Roth, uh, Roth IRA. And I found that not only for our family, but for other, other educators and teachers and their families, the, the Roth, or, or I'm sorry, the Roth IRA 
can prove to be a little bit can prove to be more advantageous over the long term and and again any tax conversation you know preceding this right here should you should follow up with your CPA just to make sure that the the recommendations are true for your uh, tax situation, but compliance, the difference, gotta love them. Compliance, gotta <laughs> love them. I'm stealing that tagline for my podcast. Um, <laughs> but the the thought process is here. You know, if I'm a teacher and I start out, and let's say you know I make fifty thousand dollars in my first year, which is which is you know according to the Bureau of Labor, Labor Service, that's right around the median average for a uh, a teacher in the United States, a young teacher new in their career in the United States, so fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, What's the advantage? So if I put with a teacher, you know, you're you're subject to annual increases typically every year. And, and usually by the time that you're looking to retire around 32, 33 years as a teacher, your income is considerably higher. And, you know, once you do retire, you'll have your pension through the, te- the teacher's retirement service that you've been, you know, putting into for, for years and, and any other retirement uh, income that you'll receive. If you have access to a Roth IRA, you're putting money in at your lowest tax bracket. You know the tax bracket for a person making fifty thousand dollars is is much lower than someone who's making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So we're putting money in. We're paying Uncle Sam say twelve percent in the years that they in the in this year that we're putting the money in. But when we go to retire, and we're in a much higher tax bracket, twenty two, twenty five percent, we then have to start taking money out of our retirement accounts to give us an income to live off of. Right. We're going to pay. We would normally pay higher higher taxes, but because we contributed to that Roth IRA at a twelve percent interest rate, we can withdraw that money tax free in income and not have to worry about the additional taxes. And that's not only on the money that we put in uh, to the Roth IRA over these years, but it's also what that account has grown to through the performance of the underlying uh, investment portfolio. So, tax free income and in retirement for a teacher is is great it's it, it can be beneficial for for a lot of people but for teachers it's great because you know let's say you retire after 32 years and you know you're not quite to that age 65 your spouse is still working well we're going to need some income to bridge that gap but do we really want to take a taxable income source after retirement can we use some of this tax deferred or I'm sorry tax free income to bridge that gap to 65 and that's been kind of the process that i've went through for some of these clients is is let's sock away as much as we can in this 401k over or i'm sorry in this roth ira over the next 15 20 years and if you want to retire early well now we can bridge that gap with this tax-free income uh you know permitting you're over age 59 and a half but right, right. that's been a solution that i think uh that has certainly resonated with the the, the number of clients that i presented that to but if it just from a from a finance standpoint, from a taxation standpoint, it kind of makes sense, you know. But again, depending on the person's individual situation, right, right, right. But I think it gives them a sense of relief, right? You know, mm-hmm. a, a peace of mind, right? That the numbers may work out, that they they could still feel empowered. You know, I think a lot of people feel. Um, how do you say this? I think a lot of people feel that they don't have control of when they can retire. Right. They yeah. just feel like I'm just going to work until I feel like I can quit. Right. But right. To, to have the numbers on paper to say, listen, you know, if you choose to, to leave at, you know, age 60 or 61, that's fine. You don't have to be the 88 year old teacher that's still right. teaching first grade <laughs> if, if you don't want to. Right. You could sit home yeah. and, and you can relax and enjoy your own grandchildren at that point. Right. So to your point, yes, we should always seek professional help in subject matters that we may not be well versed in. Right. I mean, that's why you are here. Right. <laughs> because sure, you're the teacher sure. guru. And, and this is a lot of information. And, I, and I'm sure my listeners uh, may need a hall pass. Excuse the <laughs> to use the Come bathroom on. or go get a drink of water. So we're going to take a brief break and we will be back in a little bit. If you have any questions about what you've heard so far and interested in contacting Bo Bryant for more information, you can visit his website at www.wellspirefp.com. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-S-P-I-R-E-F-P.com. Once again, that's W-E-A-L-T-H-S-P-I-R-E-F-P.com. 
I-R-E-F-P dot com. Or you can call him directly after listening at phone number 567-825-2294. Don't miss this unique opportunity to speak directly with Bo Bryant about your situation and figure out how you can make the seemingly impossible financial challenges of you and your children possible. For your convenience, his contact information will also be in the show notes. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, A.B. Ridgway. And if you are just joining us, we are on the line with Bo Bryant, owner and founder of Wellspire FP, a fee-only investment firm that is dedicated to serving teachers, administrators, and the generation that follows. Before the break, we were just wrapping up about alternative investment vehicles to your current 403B and a Roth IRA. Now, can we talk about the elephant in the room? And no, we're not talking about me, right? We are talking about employee benefits. Many of our listeners have them, but may have some questions. Now, do you mind breaking down employee benefits and some of the things that teachers should be looking for when reviewing them? Yeah, certainly. And so that's part of um, kind of my annual service calendar that I have set up for my educators. Every November, that seems to be when the open enrollment period is. Um, You know, we sit down and we take a look at everything you know when you hear open enrollment it's like okay let me go in and choose my health care plan make sure that you know i got everybody covered and then we'll just submit everything but there's there's a lot more that goes into that and and teachers by default it seems at least in my experience have access to some of the best uh health benefits uh when compared to other employers which is fantastic but uh these plans can also come with higher premiums and and while the premium is typically relatable to the coverage provided some people just, I've noticed, select the highest premium just to not have to ever worry about it, which is, again, fine for some, but let's <laughs> take a coordinated approach towards this. Why are we paying for 10 times the coverage? Why are we paying for this service over here when we don't necessarily need it? And so in the in the clients that I've worked with over over you know the past couple months and looking at this, yeah, there, there's opportunity to... To look at an HSA, an FSA, you know, health savings account, flexible savings account, um, to to put some tax deferred money in there to help again with the with the full financial plan, um, the childcare uh, benefits. You know, my wife and I, we have a set portion of her paycheck go directly into a childcare account that we pay out of, and it's all tax deferred. And and again, there there's more than just medical dental vision, uh, or even the, the life insurance options. And so I think by sitting down, taking a look at, at the employee benefits, your, your annual contract, which is not like, you know, obviously that tells you how much money you're going to make, uh, for the upcoming year, but it also kind of gives you, if you look at it and it's not going to explicitly tell you this, but it kind of gives you a roadmap for career progression. You know, not everybody wants to be a principal, but let's say you did well within that contract, it will kind of lay out, you know, what steps, what certifications, what additional continuing education classes do you need to to be able to be considered for this type of position? And so some teachers are always going to be teachers and, and never want to do anything on the administrative side. Congratulations to them, because okay. that's, in my opinion, one of the toughest jobs uh, is to, to be a teacher. But for those who maybe want, you know, more of the management response, it's just nice to have that groundwork already laid out for you instead of having to play the guessing game of, okay, how do I get to the next step? How do I get to the next step? And and taking that coordinated approach every year, uh, setting down and, and just looking at everything, I think can provide not only teachers, but any of my clients value and, and any of your clients value. If you do, I assume, I'm sure you do something similar with your clients. And it's nice to be able to just have that 10,000 foot view of not only today, but the future. Well, you're true. And I do that kind of laid out with my clients and it is driven by their passion, right? Mm-hmm. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, everybody doesn't, like you said, everybody doesn't want to be in administration. Everybody doesn't want to retire with $3 million. Some people just want to make sure their house is paid off and that they can help their kids if, if they need anything extra. Right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm here in Lafayette, Louisiana. So, you know, some people just enjoy a rocking chair and a glass of lemonade. Right. Yep. <laughs> now, what you put in that lemonade is your own business. But at the end of the day, people just really want a peace of mind. Right. And I think that's what we, we give to them. 
right? So, you know, but as you said before, you know, and, and we kind of discussed this briefly, you know, all this can be kind of overwhelming. It's like when you're a teacher, you're focused on children, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, not necessarily on your finances. So when we get all this information, you know, especially like our listeners, it's a lot of great information, um, but maybe they're just a little bit uncomfortable about taking on this task. Mm-hmm. So yes, they got a lot of great information from you, but is there somewhere they can get help? So they said they have this guy from the 403B. Well, better yet, let me ask this question. Is this something that you do, that you tackle on and really dive deep into their finances? Because we talked about the holistic financial plan. We talked about the 403B and how you helped your wife and things of that nature. But to the teachers, can you give them a reason why, if there's a teacher sitting there right now, they're they're taking notes as they should. If you're a teacher, you, you tell your students to take notes. I hope that these teachers are taking notes as well. Can you give them a reason why they should come see you? They're, they're, they're writing down all these options. They're like, you know, why should I come see Bo? You know, over the last 10 years, I've worked with plenty of teachers. Um, and and it's not only my natural market with, with my wife, but just kind of a, 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 if I wasn't a financial advisor, I would be a teacher. That's the easiest way to say it. Right. And, and it sounds biased coming from me now, but it, it truly is. Like if I am not, was not doing what I'm doing today, I would be a teacher. And and. Th- Every teacher I've worked with says you become a teacher for the retirement. Uh, you know, the, the, you you suffer through these first couple of years of of making a lower income, but you're taken care of once you get to that 30, 32, 33, whatever it's going to increase to. You right? That's the other right. thing we haven't even touched on. How much further is the retirement age going to be pushed for teachers, not only in the state of Ohio but nationwide? So I, I found that there's. A difference between waiting for retirement and proactively seeking retirement, and that's that's the value that I think mm. I can offer. There, you know, the financial independence, retire early, that's fine. But why are we going to sit around and casually just wait for retirement to come knock on our door one day and said, "Hey, you served your time, you can get out of here"? No, let's find a way to coordinate today. Give us 20, 30 years of potentially adding in a level, a layer of control to our, towards our success that we wouldn't necessarily have if we waited in five years until we decided to retire and said, okay, now I'm tired of waiting. So I think that's that's the value that I can add to, to not only your listeners, Lajuan, but anybody that's interested you know, in my network of, of, of contacts is let's not sit around and wait. Let's not sit around and just hope that everything turns out. Let's remove some uncertainty. Let's take that proactive approach. And and yes, that can be applied to teachers. It could be applied to anybody. But I think with my focus on taking into the consideration the specifics of what teachers do deal with on a, a financial struggles and, and things like that, I think just helps that much further for them. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail, right? We got, we got to be proactive and not reactive. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to just wait, wait and hope that, you know, your teacher system is going to, you know, benefit you in the long run after 33 years. Because what if it doesn't after that time right. period? Right. And that and that right. can hurt your heart because there's, there's no reset button on this thing we call life. Right. And, and another subject that you touched on, which, you know, I don't think that you exemplified. You said that you might be a teacher if you weren't um, a financial advisor. But from what I'm hearing and probably what a lot of my listeners are hearing as well, you are teaching. Right. Sure. And, and you take that teacher's approach in your financing. So just because you're not standing in front of a classroom with 30 children, you know, or 25 children every day, um, you're sitting in front of your clients and you're becoming that teacher to them. Right. And you're allowing them uh, to to grow and, and to get an education and grow in this thing, you know, we call finances. So, you know, I'm going to take a little side step here and i have kind of, you know, address some things that maybe I think that teachers may be worried about. Um, some key things that, you know, almost stereotypical, but what about mm-hmm. salaries? Is, is there mm-hmm. something current or aspiring teachers can look for in this kind of COVID environment? Because like you said before, traditional teaching, you know, our traditional educational system may be shifting. So what are some things that they can look for um, in this new kind of COVID uh, environment? Yeah. So I had the pleasure of um, working with a prospect, a prospect, a teacher um, who she was so she's susceptible to the virus and you know it's being in the school district nowadays i mean the the kids are just constantly you know it seems like someone's always going into quarantine so she just she said i can't do it i can't continue to but what do i do i only have an educational degree i can't just go out and and become you know an accountant or something like that right. and so we started talking about uh remote educational opportunities, the ability to 
lead a classroom, um, you know, from, you know, quote unquote, the comfort of your home. It sounds cliche, but that's, I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what so, it is. Yeah. And, and so we sat down and we, we took a look around and you would be, you would honestly be amazed at the opportunities from, from credible, uh, institutions. I mean, we're talking K through 12, uh, local school districts who are just seeking remote educational providers. And what I've noticed, and we didn't go through a ton of these, but we probably looked at five or six different opportunities. And again, it's all virtual. So physical locale is not necessarily a concern as long as you're willing to adapt to the to the time zone. But what I did notice was the salaries were I, I think I would use the word considerably, considerably higher than huh. what she was earning at her current. And granted, she was brand new in her in her career. I think she, you know, it's right around that forty, fifty thousand dollars. But it worked for her. It was perfect for her. And and I haven't touched base with her since, as this was all just a couple weeks ago. But I haven't touched base with her since to see if uh, she's proceeded and and successfully landed that position. But when we're benchmarking our salary against something else that's out there, it's at least worth considering it's at least at least worth identifying and then taking that how you how we take that information and use it to benefit you or how you use it to benefit yourself or you and your family is up to you but i think it's important to at least be cognizant of what else could potentially be out there wow well so life coach <laughs> teacher <laughs> financial advisor i mean yeah. as i said you're a man who wears many hats and it's, it seems that you you don't sit you know, behind a desk, you sit on the same side as the client. Like, cause, for sure. cause obviously, you know, help looking for jobs is not necessarily in the job description of a financial advisor, but to, to give options on how they could fund their retirement or how they can, you know, supplement their, their income or alternatives in this environment is what people are looking for, right? They're looking for a friend, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking mm-hmm. for somebody that they can depend on and somebody that they can trust. And I, I think that's, that's beautiful. So, but before we go, Bo, uh, do you want to give any final thoughts to those teachers out there that may still be on the fence? Now, why they're on the fence, I don't know, um, because they shouldn't be climbing on the fence. That's against school rules. But <laughs> if they are on the fence still uh, about speaking with a financial advisor such as yourself, and, and hopefully they've had some questions that, that come up uh, that they, they need answers to, can you give them why they should talk to a financial advisor such as yourself? Now, I know you talked about yourself already, like, hey, sure. you know what, this is why you should come to but. But why just a, a financial advisor in general? Yeah, so, um, and, and you're right, Elijah. a lot of teachers are apprehensive, apprehensive is not the right word, but like you said, on the fence about seeking out financial advice. And you said it earlier, they just have so many other priorities that, that money and finances and, and retirement tend to fall further down uh, the list. But I would say, you know, for teachers out there who have even even thought of consulting with a financial advisor planner, um, you ha- you as a teacher have very specific complexities when it comes to creating a comprehensive financial plan. Uh, we talked about a number of topics today that would would certainly be beneficial for you to consider for your own um, financial plan. But we there there were a, a number of topics that we didn't get the chance to talk about today, such as debt management. You know, I kind of touched on the student loans, but let's talk. You know, retirement plan, retirement income planning, coordinating all these different incomes that, that can serve as its own complex planning uh, right, topic right. that needs to be reviewed. Um, and, and then we didn't even touch on the pension. You know, there's there's certainly options available to you when you do retire on how to receive that pension income that, that's, you know, been funded for 20, 30 years. Do you take the lump sum option? Do you take the survivor with, with uh, or I'm sorry, do you take the life with survivor benefit? I mean, there's so many decisions that you're making as you come up towards your retirement date that it's important to understand those decisions as early as possible so that you can coordinate everything else around those. So as a teacher who's even even considered uh, the possibility of seeking out uh, financial advice, not necessarily for myself and my firm, but just in general, do it. The worst you can do is is the worst thing that can happen is you can go talk to somebody and it just doesn't work out. But what if there's that chance that you come out of that situation better off than when you entered? And that's that's what that's what I encourage you to do. I, I think that's that's great. <laughs> and like I said, I, and I'm over here smiling because I mean, think about it. You know, we went over a lot of information over this podcast, but mm-hmm. it's only the tip of the iceberg. There's other mm-hmm. ways that you can benefit. And this is pretty much just a preview, just yeah. helping you with your salary, just helping you with, you know, which retirement vehicles that you may be, what retirement vehicles may be appropriate for you. But, you know, as we've learned in this industry, there's a lot more 
there, there's a lot more factors that go into financial planning other than how much do you have in a savings account or if your investment is making 1% or 2%. Those things mm-hmm. can be negligible in the long run when you're talking about 30 and 40 years worth of investments, right? So once again, Bo, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I, I really do appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me as well, Ajwan. I look forward to uh, watching your your company grow and be successful over time as well. Well, well, thank you. Well, our audience has been truly blessed to have you on. I learned so much from you today. We learned about the fees in Teachers 403B accounts. We learned about Roth IRAs and how they could be used to reach financial goals. And we also talked about employee benefits. So for all those listeners that may have missed it, can you let them know where they can find you if they want some Mo Bo? <laughs> yeah, some Mo Bo. So, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously on Facebook, uh, you type Wealthspire Financial Professionals. You'll find us on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you've already mentioned the website. And then Bono's a a podcast for today's young professional that's the podcast that i've started for for myself and my firm and uh, be sure to give that a listen as well 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 that is it for this episode i want to give one final thank you to our guest and remind our listeners of the scripture of the day it comes from titus chapter 2 verse 7 through 8 show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. And to our guest, I have nothing evil to say about him because he is a true teacher with integrity and dignity and, of course, sound speech. So as always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgway, owner of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should be custom-made. If you need help figuring out your other finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. At our firm, we practice what we preach, so if you need more information or a better explanation of what you heard today, Give us a call and we'll love to have a discussion on how we can serve you. If you have any questions for any of our guests on this show, send us an email at info at abrwealthmanagement.com and we'll be happy to forward your message. This has been Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things and I am your host, A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. A.B., yeah, cue the music. These people got places to go and things to do. shines bright I wanna dance under the stars tonight Elijah on Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management LLC a registered investment advisor which produces the podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels Elijah on Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinions and are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management Nothing on the podcast show should be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any Pacific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the darndest thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decision. Instead, please consult with a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.